Welcome to the Consulting Pipeline Podcast. In today's episode, I speak again for the second time with Garrett St. John. Longtime listeners may remember back to episode 52, where I spoke to Garrett about his move into advisory work. So this is, in some ways, I think there'll be some overlap, naturally, um, between this conver- that previous conversation and, and today's conversation with Garrett. But it's also an extension of that conversation. One of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is provide a very uh, real, uh, very transparent view into what it's like to transition from a generalist to a specialist. And so as much as possible, I'm um, sort of doing, I think, what in the world of of sociology would be called longitudinal studies, (laughs) where you just sort of track a cohort of people over time. I, you know, in, in a very sort of casual, amateur way, that's exactly what I'm trying to do with folks like Garrett, who I hope to every three to six months check in with them and just have a conversation that you can listen in on. And from that, I hope you get this very uh, real world, you know, transparent kind of granular understanding of what this process is like. And in Garrett's case, it's, it's a process both of specializing and of transitioning how he creates value uh, away from sitting at a keyboard and writing code. And I know when I say that, it, some folks might be like, hey, that's how I make uh, money and that's how I create value. And, you know, how dare you uh, say that that's something anybody would not want to do? I understand where you're coming from if that's, that's the reaction. Um, and just know that I'm, you know, I'm not like on a mission to try to eliminate people writing code for money. I'm actually um, trying to facilitate more options for folks who are in that situation. Uh, one of those options is, is simply specializing so that marketing and business development is less of a struggle. And another is to start to make that transition into uh, basically selling advice, selling access to your thinking rather than access to your doing. I think that that's one of the keys to aging well in technology is being able to make that transition. And that's why I'm so focused on trying to uh, tell the stories of folks who are doing that. And and Garrett's a great example. So I think you'll find today's conversation with him very interesting as we kind of continue to uh, track him (laughs) through this transition in his career and his business. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, look at that. We're recording. Garrett, hey, man. How are hey, you? Hey, how's it going, Philip? It's good. So uh, folks who are longtime listeners may remember you from episode 52 of this self-same podcast, where we started talking about this big change you were making to your business and the changes moving into advisory work. And some, you know, things have happened. Um, as they, as the dude said, some new shit has come to light. Um, so I'd love to hear from you what's what's new, and you know, talk to you about what the change looks like and how the progression is going. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a journey, and and getting movement on it has been exciting. But um, I'd, I'd love to share, however, however I can can share to be helpful. So something happened uh, a few weeks ago that got me so excited I actually tweeted about it, <laughs> which is that um, would it be fair to say you landed your first advisory services gig? Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a fair statement. Um, okay. You know, I'd been I had been working in some capacity doing advisement prior to that, but this has kind of been the the, the first um, bigger gig where it consumes the majority of my time doing. Um, advisement over uh, doing development work. Mm-hmm. Some folks will not have listened to that previous episode or some folks will have forgotten because it's been a while. So kind of um, just give the quick, I guess, 30 second or one minute summary of the, you know, when you decided, hey, I want to do something beyond just development, just writing code. When, when did that happen? When did you kind of decide for yourself, I, I want to make some changes? So I think it really started tumbling 
through my mind at the tail end of 2015 and the beginning okay. of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the end of 2016 and the beginning mm-hmm. of 2017. Um, okay. uh, you know, the, the break gives you time to, uh, kind of clear the mind and do an assessment of where you're at and where you want to be. Um, and just was feeling like, uh, I, I love doing development. Um, I still hope to be able to do some development. Um, but I was kind of just curious, like what, where I could go next, like how I could use my experience beyond just, um, at the keyboard, but also just in helping build businesses. Yeah. Right. Um, did you actually, did you like write down a new year's resolution (laughs) related to this or was it a more sort of, uh, fuzzy, squishy aspiration? Uh, I, I've never been much of a resolutions person. Um, I, 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 I like to set goals. For some reason, the resolutions just feel like they're they're setting me up to fail. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, the yeah. the uh, infamous like gym membership type thing. Totally. <laughs> so, right. Um, right. so so I think really it just it came down more to just like that pause that that the uh, the holiday kind of between Christmas time and New Year's provides you. Mm-hmm. You know, client work slows down and um, you just have more time off to think. And so that's, that's usually a time I kind of try to reflect back and look forward at, at, at what I w- uh, would like to do. Um, mm. And so I think it was maybe a little bit of that <laughs> up front, just like maybe I can push myself through this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd have to look back, but I think it was maybe around March, you know, when I reached out to you and said, hey, um, I, need, I, I need a little bit of a, a push here. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you took action. You actually, uh, I mean, I know this, but for the folks at home, like there's the difference between goals and then goals plus action. And this was a goal plus action. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, just like anything, it's easy to think something, but executing, it's a different thing. And, um, you know, when you're, when, when, when the job that pays uh, the rent is, is right in front of you and there's plenty of that work to do, um, it's hard to, to step back and prioritize the hard work. I mean, yeah. the, the hard work of like really looking inside and saying, what am I good at? What, I, what could I do? What's valuable to other, um, mm-hmm. to other businesses? Um, so it's been, you know, I, I spent at least a couple months. It might've even been the first quarter of the year last year. Kind of, I did read your book and trying to kind of self, um, Sell, walk myself through that process, yeah. and I think I made some progress. But um, but but uh, and I think you just wrote this in your emails recently. But um, it, it's hard to step outside of yourself, and yeah. uh, and sometimes you just need that extra uh, nudge and handholding. Um, and so that's yeah. when I started seeing seeing good momentum. Nice. So let me um, kind of phrase this in a funny way and, and be the devil's advocate here. Um, you know, who the heck are you to be giving advice to your clients, right? Did you ever have that thought like, what do I have that's of value that isn't just an ability to rate, write great code or solve problems with software? You know, yeah. did, okay, you did. <laughs> what did that oh, look like? Yeah, well, did, did would be the wrong uh, tense, I think. <laughs> okay. Do, okay. do still, I mean, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if you're ever fully confident, um, you're probably stagnated some. So there's always this like mm. room to grow and learn. But, right. um, you know, basically ha- I, I, I had opportunities as a senior developer on teams to speak into um, probably more project specific scope on like mm-hmm. how projects should be run or mm-hmm. estimating projects. And, and I'd had um, experience in a previous um, studio that I ran with uh, a friend of mine um, mm-hmm. running a development team. So, so the experience was there, but um, you know, that step, making that step to advisement was a, was a big step um, yeah. because it, it, it immediately like, says that you, you should have something to say about, about everything. And so some of this process has been just stepping back, um, and formulating my opinions, like actually looking at what do I think about these things? Like I, I used to think that, or maybe the industry says that's the way it should be, but is that what I actually think? Um, 
And so that's probably been the biggest part of this transformation is just like gaining confidence Mm -hmm. that like things didn't just happen a certain way that like it was a good thing that it happened that way or that like the way that I think about it is a a good way um, to, to do things. That's a really interesting thing that I've also noticed is I want to say it's almost a prerequisite for moving into advisory work. And, and that is, I mean, you said it, it's sort of having your own opinions and people might use different words than opinions. They might say, you know, points of view or ideas about how things should be done or a big idea is, is another way of phrase that myself and heard that phrased. But um, how, so let's see, let's think back to, we're here, we're here in uh, February 2018. We're talking now. Last time we talked, it was July 2017. And you started this process, you know, beginning of 20, 2017. Mm-hmm. So somewhere around, you know, let's say the first half of 2017, how did you identify the ideas that you had that you felt like could be valuable to other people if you either promoted those ideas or helped them implement them with you being an advisor what were those ideas or opinions or whatever word you want to use for it? Yeah, I think the, the seed of it all came, mm-hmm. it came from people who I was working with. Okay. Um, and I didn't even necessarily know I, I, if I had a different opinion or a better opinion or, or, or whatnot, but uh, there, there were clients that I'd worked with and there were, had been just peers that I had worked with that said like, um, you have an ability to like take something that's highly technical and transform that into something that's like consumable by a non-technical audience. Uh-huh. Um, I think that was kind of the seed that some people had, um, it had set into me of like, you know, this is a skill that you have. And I think I just kind of was like, Oh, that's cool. Like maybe that'll make me a better developer. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I think it was at the point where I was having this this um, look at forward and back, um, you know, like I said, between uh-huh. at the end of the year where it was like, well, can I go further with that? Oh, interesting. Um, is there, you know, and then, and then like, you know, like I said, then that's the point where it was like, what, what are those thoughts? Like how, what's the unique angle? And, you know, I mean, you use the word position, but what's my specialty mm-hmm. um, that I can say like, sure, there's a lot of um, awesome technical leadership advisors, um, but like what's the unique angle that I can take? Um, who do I offer that to and, and how does it have the most value? That, that, that's been the process. Yeah. Um, since so if I can put that in my own words, uh, basically more than once you heard, Garrett, you're really great at, you know, taking something technical and making, putting in layman's terms or Mm -hmm. whatever you might say. So you heard that you said, okay, other people believe in me, (laughs) at least in that specific way, they see something in me. And that then led to, well, you know, how can I really build on that? Um, Because that's got a lot uh, longer shelf life perhaps than, um, you know, PHP version, whatever right? You're mm-hmm. a PHP developer. Am I remembering yeah, that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, although that might be a bad example, PHP is a pretty stable language these days. But, you know, anyway, that, that idea that, oh, I can, you know, sort of be a translator or I can be a leader, mm-hmm. a lot longer shelf life to those, that skill set than there is to a, a particular technology. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely been, part of that decision came out of just thinking, okay, you know, at at nearly 35 years old right now. Like I've got Mm -hmm. a lot of my career ahead of me. Do I have like, I, you know, I've got a family now of, uh, uh, of two, uh, Mm -hmm. kids and my wife. And like, you know, I think, I think it's great. Like if you, if you have the energy to chase down, um, the next great JavaScript framework, um, power to you. And like, I hope to stay up with that. But, um, I, I started to feel like, okay, like, this is such a quickly progressing, um, uh, quickly progressing, um, 
area technology mm-hmm. is, right? I mean, it's changing every day, especially in, especially in JavaScript land. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, even having done some iOS work, well, now Swift is a thing. Okay, you know, PHP, well, here, what's the new framework or what's the yeah. new CMS? And, and so started thinking like, okay, I, I love those things. And I want, like I said, I want to be able to continue to still do those things. But, but is there, is there an, uh, uh, another way to look at this? of like solving problems for people and then using the technology as the way that um, we solve people's business problems. Um, And that seemed like it was a little bit more of a lasting um, thing that, you know, to be frank, might have a a, a nice upside to it too financially. Yeah. Uh, But, but, but essentially it's like the, the, the advisement, what felt like it was, um, that it could outlast my ability to chase down the newest, hottest framework or language. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, you and I met for lunch in uh, Denver in November and uh, I I didn't see any gray hair. So (laughs) it's there. uh, You just didn't look hard enough. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's, that's the thing I noticed with a lot of, I mean, it's, I think it's unfortunate that the tech industry is so dominated by men but most of the people I work with are men for that reason, because I work primarily with software developers. Mm. And um, I, I, there's a real strong correlation between, you know, the, the appearance of some gray hair and which, you know, for a lot of men occurs in their thirties or forties and what you identified, which is that feeling of, I mean, what would you call it? I call it being on the hamster wheel. I don't know if that that's a little bit of a, uh, pejorative term, but it's just like kind of running to stay in place in terms of your knowledge of what's new and hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, a, I think that's fair. Um, it's not, it's not like the late nineties when we just threw some HTML and inline, mm-hmm. um, like font, <laughs> like <laughs> right. cell padding and all these things. Um, yeah. you know, now we've got real version control and deployment systems and, uh, you know, we're trying to compile things down to the smallest things possible for mobile. And yeah, it's just, it's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. And, and that's sort of the plight of the full stack, quote unquote, full stack developer. Um, uh, you know, so even specializing in that, I'd advise <laughs> if you're going to specialize to, uh, if you're just going to be a generalist, at least specialize in one specific area because it's just, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like, um, the folks that, that managed to like launch a product all by themselves, I just sit back and admire the fact that they know design, they know development, they seem to know marketing. I'm just like, you're, you're like a machine. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did want to say though, you know, um, I think part of this transition has been just a shift in, in like what I consume. So, you know, as a year ago, it was consuming uh, the, the best way to do this in PHP or mm-hmm. what's the new thing that Laravel is adding to uh, the framework. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like, I consume more of, uh, you know, stuff from my new peers. Uh, you know, what's the best way to, to manage your team or how do you stay in good communication or... Um, what am I missing about agile development or, you know, mm. so um, while it seems like it's such a big change, I, it's been surprising just how much that shift in uh, of mind and just the things that I casually enjoy consuming um, ha- has eased that transition. Um, oh, it is interesting. So I guess if I said that in a different way, it's like it ha- you can't, you can't, I don't feel like you can position or specialize yourself just because it looks good on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be something that you truly enjoy to the point where it's like, well, I'm going to skip reading um, that new PHP thing or that new JavaScript thing. I'm going to, I'm going to dive into like how to be better at this thing. And it's just as interesting, if not more interesting um, than that was. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I, I agree completely. Um, most people who are good at uh, software development or even just competent at it have a lot of options available. And, you know, the backup plan for someone who's a software developer is really not that bad. Like if plan A doesn't work out, 
plan B is, oh, I'll get paid, you know, a, a way above average living <laughs> to write code for somebody and have sure. a lot of work flexibility. I know there's exceptions to this. I know there's crappy programming jobs, just like there's, you know, any kind of crappy job. But right. um, I feel like the plan B for software developers is, it's not welfare. It's not, um, you know, be a bum. It's, <laughs> it's you know, get a, a less desirable job that's still kind of above average. So, Yep. That's why I think you have to love what you do or love it enough, even if parts of it are drudgery, there still has to be something in there because um, as I think you will say soon when I ask the question, like uh, how, how, how easy or how hard has it been to market yourself in this new capacity? That's really, I think the next thing I'd like to focus on. A lot of people would say it's, it, well, it takes work. It's not easy. Uh, and that's, you know, that's why I feel like you have to love it to a certain extent. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I think you're, box. <laughs> you're, you're, you're spot on. I, I mean, uh, deciding that you're going to specialize in something is, is one thing, but putting the work in behind it, especially where it's not going to just happen day one. So over the last, I mean, up until this, this gig that I'm on right now, um, I, I had some level of development work also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, that was paying the bills. Um, and so, uh, so, so I, I, you know, it's, it's been a lot of work and, and like, I think that's something that, um, being a part of your positioning accelerator program helped because at least mm-hmm. there's a framework, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, so, to, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was so eager to ask my question. And interrupted you. Sorry. <laughs> fine. So what did you start doing, you know, like the the first, I, I remember um, the first maybe month or two that we worked together. It was a lot of the questions and conversation around were around what's the focus, and right. that seemed to come pretty quickly in your case because um, you just had a lot of the prerequisites in place where it just made sense for you to say, okay, I want to focus on being an advisor to uh, dev shops or digital agencies, I suppose, mm-hmm. who have a a development team that needs help. Right. Right. That, so how did you start to market yourself? Yeah. So, uh, there's been a couple ways and, and I think it's kind of grown, um, on top of itself as, as time has passed and as mm-hmm. I've become more comfortable. But the first thing I did was, um, uh, build, I built a, a small email course, um, and, uh, you know, basically something that would be appealing uh, to my niche, you know, and I, I had done some like technical blogging prior mm-hmm. to that, but writing was not um, kind of a core part of what I was doing um, mm-hmm. on a week by week basis. And, uh, and, and so even just doing that, like you start flexing those muscles and they, they get, they get a little bit stronger. And so that, you know, I've been reading your daily <laughs> email list. I was like, <laughs> right. I just can't even wrap my head around that. Um, <laughs> you know, now I, I do write twice a week. Um, I have a schedule. I, um, I write on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh-huh. Um, and so I've been building a list that way. That's been one of my outreaches. Um, okay. You know, and I transition people from that um, that email course into my into my email list. Uh-huh. Um, and so that so I've been doing that. Gosh, I'd have to look back, but I think I've been doing that about four to six months, somewhere at four months probably now. Okay. Um, uh, and and more recently, been starting to look at like what what uh, cold outreach looks like. Uh-huh. I, I know probably all your listeners are like cold, like cold outreach sounds horrible, especially if they're <laughs> developers. <laughs> right. But um, I mean, even that has been like, let's challenge myself. Like, let's see what this looks like. And so I've been doing um, a fair amount of that through LinkedIn and had some, some early success so far with that. Um, so let me stop you right here. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to keep, let's put a pin in this. I want to come back to what else sure. you've done to market yourself. Um, I just got this very cool uh, Chrome plugin from the internet archive way back machine. It's their, their official Chrome plugin. So if you're looking at a website, 
and then you click the plugin, it gives you a couple options. Um, one is to see the first version of that website that the Internet Archive has on file. Mm. Oh my God, it's so fun. <laughs> it's yeah. so fun of it because I just clicked on yours and I'm looking at a Tumblr blog. Oh yeah. Um, August mm-hmm. 20th, 2010. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're eight years back here. And the reason I, I point this out is not at all to like embarrass you or anything, but I think everybody should do this to, to for any website that they currently are inspired by. Yeah. Any website where they're like, oh my gosh, I want my business to be like that one. I think they should do this. They should go to the Internet Archive and look back at what it was when it started out because I think in almost every case, you can see that they kind of didn't know what they were talking about when they started out either. <laughs> Whoever it is, it doesn't matter. You know, it could be just anybody that you sort of lionize and think is just doing an amazing thing. You'll be, you'll be, um, I think you'll be encouraged if you go look at an old version of their website. So I am seeing articles on here about, they're basically written for your peers, right? Um, stuff like uh, how to um, backup web servers with mm-hmm. S3, uh, mm-hmm. something, uh, credit card helper that you. Uh, yeah, back to the coding nighter days. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. So anyway, not, not to get into too much sure. detail there, but it's just super fun and interesting to do that. I, yeah, it is. I, and I think, you know, most of my writing at that point was coming out of the work that I was doing, thinking, well, mm-hmm. this could be useful for somebody else. And I, right. and even then it was like, gosh, I wish I could write more like Phil Sturgeon or more like, you know, back, back in the, back then. So uh-huh. even then it was like, you know, a bit of imposter <laughs> syndrome. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that doesn't change. I mean, I, right now I read uh, guys like Marcus Blankenship and Jonathan Stark and you, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I got so far to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I also know, um, you know, that it, it's a journey. So, right. um, and it kind of looks like one email at a time or one article at a time or one question you don't have an answer to at a time. Right. Or, yeah. or is that how it looks? You're in no, the trenches no. right now. What does it look like? No, absolutely. I mean, especially coming from development where like mostly there's a right or a wrong way to do mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been hard a couple, not a couple times, quite regularly. It's hard to hit publish on that email to go out and be like, gosh, I may get flamed for this. Or like somebody might say, that's not right. <laughs> you know, and just like accepting that that's okay. It's my opinion. It's my experience. Like, I'm going to put it out there for the world to consider. Um, uh, you know, letting, letting that out. I think we talked about this at one point, like just, just letting that out and like doing it. And then just like more regularly becoming comfortable with the fact that, that it's a process, you know, you could be wrong, but that also gives you an opportunity in a month to say, gosh, I was wrong. (laughs) You know, like, like I've found out this new way uh, to do this better. Like, just like taking the the pressure off yeah and and sort of moving away from that like if i pr this if i pull request this mm-hmm. like everybody's going to see my code like mm-hmm. um you know there there is no exact answer in some of this and i've even found just team to team that i've had the opportunity to talk to it, it does it's not the same you know the advice is not the same yes there's a lot of overlap but different teams have different dynamics and there's a lot there, you know, there's a lot of ways to, um, to solve similar problems. Um, and this is my way. So you're writing two emails a week to, Mm -hmm. it's probably a small email list, but yeah, no one's born with an email list at all. So we all have to start at, you know, zero subscribers and then go to one and build it piece by piece. So you're doing that made some changes to your website, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the email Content course. mostly, yeah. yeah. And then I, um, I resisted every urge to uh, like hire a designer or get a flashy <laughs> new template and just stick to good content that was relevant to who I wanted to talk to. You know, you can always add that design layer later. I, I know some designers would disagree and they would say, oh, you have to, uh, you yeah. know, have to build from a good foundation. But um, I, I feel like if you've got to make choices, I think you made the right choice to emphasize the content over the. I, I did finally about a year later. I finally invested in a in a fancy logo. So 
Oh, I've got a logo. I had a logo done up by uh, a designer friend of mine and I'm super happy with it. But um, awesome. I had to, I had to push it off. I told, <laughs> I told him there's probably more for us to do, but I just, I got to invest in, in, uh, in my audience right now. So yeah, it's, that's a progress too, a process too. I think that's the right way to do it. So tell me about the, the direct outreach or the, the cold outreach you're doing. Yeah. So most of that came, um, from your talk with, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but Jake Jorgovan, is that right? Is that- hey, you nailed it, man. Ah, hey, all right. Um, which uh, that's in your archive somewhere. So anybody who's listening ought to check that out too. Yeah. Um, but uh, he had a great talk with, with, uh, with you about uh, LinkedIn outreach and some automation mm-hmm. around that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I've been, again, like, <laughs> been sort of like doing it myself um, mm-hmm. because he's it's a great resource. Jake is a great resource for, for how to do this. Um, so I suspect someday I'll look at, uh, you know, letting him do it, <laughs> but, right. but yeah. I have to dog food everything a little bit here. So yeah. Yeah. I, I've been, um, and just for anybody who's curious, there's a great Chrome plugin, speaking of Chrome plugins called duck soup, which helps mm. with this it would be worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, D-U-X, duck soup. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it basically is um, helping me connect with people that are relevant and starting conversations um, with people that I could might, I may be able to be helpful with. Um, it's a bit of a numbers game, yeah. but um, it's definitely had positive impact. I just had a great conversation with somebody today um, who said, hey, I'm, I'm looking to start a technical team and I could use some some training to like get set on the right foot. And I'm like, Wow, not having to fix something. We're going to start on the right foot. This is <laughs> this is great. Oh, <laughs> so, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So so there's a lot of people out there, um, you know, and it's not. It is cold outreach, um, but I'm trying to offer them something useful instead of selling them right out the gate, and that's proven right. to be pretty useful. Right. Right. Okay. So it sounds like um, I guess uh, sort of three prong marketing program is your web presence then your email marketing and then LinkedIn outreach. Mm-hmm. Is that about right? Yep. That's what I'm up to. Okay. Awesome. So when was it? Was it December or January when this uh, gig uh, got inked? Um, yeah, it officially kicked off in January, but we, we inked it in, in the end of December. Okay. Okay. So it was, um, about a year. That's very convenient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about a year yeah. from, Hey, I want to do this to, Oh my gosh, I am doing this. Um, how did you land this particular client? And I realize you may have to leave out some details, but um, you know, for the folks at home, like what could you tell them about how you landed your first client, your first advisory services client? Yeah. Um, conversations. Um, you know, it it was, it was an, it actually, that's probably something worth mentioning. Um, so it's like, it was a client I had done development work with previously, Mm -hmm. um, had had an opportunity to do a a bit of leadership, um, on the particular project with, with some good results. Um, one of the services that I offer is an agency audit Mm -hmm. where I come in and have conversations with, uh, ownership and leadership and, and the development team and doer, doership. <laughs> that's that's that? the third. Doership is yeah, the yeah, actually yeah, do the work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and, and basically, you know, round all that up into, um, feedback mm-hmm. and some direction on, on how I think that they could improve, mm-hmm. uh, the agency. So I was, I did have the opportunity, um, eh, probably like actually not too far into, um, having decided I wanted to focus in this area, mm-hmm. um, you know, probably around the mid, mid to later part of last year. So I did that mm-hmm. engagement with them. Um, you know, it's, 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 um, not an inconsequential engagement, but it was mm-hmm. a lower priced engagement. Right. Um, you know, and, and by that point, um, you get to know each other pretty well. Um, I think we had a lot of positive, um, uh, in a lot of positive stuff come out of that. And so mm-hmm. the next natural step was like, well, is there any way, is there any other way I can help? And it, it kind of turned into this, um, 
this technical, uh, the, the, the technical, what I, I the, the, sorry, stumbling over my words here. The, uh, the, the custom, um, technical leadership engagement right. that I'm right. doing with them at this point. You know, I think that's so interesting. Um, my friend Liston with the real talks about, I think he, he has a, a catchy phrase for that, which is the leftover strategy, which is circling back to previous clients and saying, Hey, um, either, you know, do you need more help or, Hey, I, I wanted to let you know, I'm kind of have a new focus to my business now. And it looks like this. And you know, if that seems at all relevant, we should talk about it. That's what you did essentially, right? Is you kind of, um, nurtured a, a previous client. I mean, there's, there's that idea of kind of educating them about what you're doing now. And sometimes that can turn into an unexpected opportunity. And there's this other idea, which I think is also sometimes true that it's, you know, once you've sort of been um, slotted into a certain place in their mind in terms of how they think of you, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Garrett, the, uh, you know, very good PHP developer, it's hard to move yourself into a different category for, for that person who's already put you in a category. So I'm curious, you know, if any of that came up in this relationship and all these conversations with this old client, did, did you have to kind of re-educate them as to what you're doing now or how did that go? Yeah, I think there's, there's a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it just is addressing it head on though. I think, you mm. know, um, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, that <laughs> this this is what I have to offer, and and it's not it's not development. I may do some development because mm-hmm. I'm a part of the team, and mm-hmm. if I'm not if I can be a leader and I can um, also produce effectively, like then great. Where those opportunities come up, but um, you know the value that I think I can bring the company is more than just on this one project. I think that it's an organizational uh, shift that I can can help make. Uh-huh. Um, and so by just having the conversation, um, if it's meant to be, it'll, you know, yeah. it'll be received correctly. Um, yeah, yeah. and I would yeah. say it's probably not going to always be received that way. I think in uh-huh. some people's mind, I'll probably, I'll probably always be a developer. Um, mm-hmm. but that's okay. <laughs> sure. If yeah. I did good at that and, and they think of me that way, then I, that's a win too for me. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so how, um, you know, you're a couple of weeks like into the job here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it everything you dreamed it would be? <laughs> like, how, how has it actually been to now be have your your function and the expectations about you be advisory stuff and leadership stuff? Mm-hmm. How is that actually unfolding? Uh, it's been it's been awesome. Um, I mean, I, it's been what I would have hoped it would have been mm. to, to this point. Um, nice. you know, it's got, it's, uh, it's got, it's, uh, busyness and it's got, it's, you know, like, like any job would so far, yeah. but, but, um, I think the big thing is, is feel like I feeling like the work that I put in is like, now I'm doing that thing, uh-huh. um, is, is gratifying for sure. Um, yeah. feeling like I, this is a great opportunity for me to like spend all of my focus on what I want to, instead of splitting it between mm-hmm. development and advisory work, um, is, is awesome. The team I'm working with, uh, is really great. Um, and I think as, as far as that goes, it's probably one of the best, um, clients I could have, uh, landed here in the first, in my first gig because they're, uh, super receptive, um, to the new guy making <laughs> suggestions. And, yeah. um, I haven't, you know, I, to, to not have to fight a, a power battle or something in my first gig is a major, a major win for me. Right. Um, so, so, you know, uh, I expect for there to be really difficult stuff to go through with this. Um, yeah. but we've got a, a, you know, just in two weeks, we've already got a great plan in place. Yeah. Um, for some high level goals that we want to achieve. Um, and, uh, you know, just today even had just a really great conversation about some, some pretty, pivotal things in their business um, that we're going to start chasing down. So, that, so that's just exciting for yeah. sure. Um, think back over the, like the lifetime of the relationship with this, um, this business that's now your, your main client. Um, if you kind of graphed out 
their level of trust in you. Were there any sort of inflection points where something happened in the relationship that dramatically increased their level of trust in you? Um, it's okay if the answer is no. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it would have been just like dramatic per se. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would just say, you know, I, I, I was with them in a development co- developer capacity for about eight months. Okay. And so just, you know, time being yeah. able to, to continually like work on that in this particular project and try to <laughs> steer the ship in, in, mm-hmm. in the right way. And mm-hmm. Um, like I said, that opportunity where they said, we're going to take a new um, angle at this project and we want you to, uh, to, to lead it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that was kind of like an earned trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really nice too, in that sense, to just be able to step in now with a team that I'd already done some work for. for. So there's a little bit of um, built trust, even yeah. just on with, within the team. They know yeah. who I was. I wasn't just like the consultant that came in to you know like thinking of office space like the guy that just comes in and <laughs> Makes just roll. tries to change everything you know like yeah. that's the last thing i want to be so yeah yeah um yeah i mean it, it just you know even in that sense really came together um in a great way yeah um how did you put together that assessment service um so i i'm not I, remembering exactly the name that you have for it, but mm-hmm. it's a sort of diagnostic assessment thing. It's a standalone service. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, you come in, you said you talked to like frontline employees and management and put together a report. How did you put that service together? I think that's interesting for the folks at home because I think a lot of them um, literally just have no clue how you would do something like that. Right. Yeah. So I guess I would say one, one thing through all of this is like, um, don't be afraid to like be inspired by other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, certainly don't want to steal from anybody, but, uh, um, you know, I think, uh, in, in learning who, who is, uh, who is in this business of, mm-hmm. of, of agency consulting and then, and advisory, mm-hmm. um, and I think it might've even been somebody that you uh, brought to my attention, but okay. um, David C. Baker um, uh-huh. from Recourses, uh, d- uh, he, he's doing something different than what I do, mm-hmm. but he's got the uh, t- a total business review as one of his services. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just like studied <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what he did, some of the structuring of it, um, you know, and, and so in all honesty, like it's, it's, it's modeled in that same similar vein of, um, of, of how he offers his, uh, his total business review. Um, you know, he's, he's been doing this a long time and he's invested a ton of money into research and, mm-hmm. um, incredibly smart guy. Um, but you know, I think that there's a version of it that I can offer. And so, um, you know, that's basically that's basically where that uh, came from. Okay, that's awesome, and I agree. David's great. Um, I really want to call that out. Like, I, I kind of I didn't know what your answer was going to be exactly, uh, but I kind of suspected it would be basically. I found a really good model to pattern my you know service after, and I you know didn't copy it because it's not really possible to copy something like that. Sure. But, you know, you just model on it, right? And I just want the folks at home to know that that is maybe the 80-20 solution to that. It's 20% of the work, and it gives you a starting point that is um, not guaranteed to work for you necessarily, but it's a whole lot better than reinventing the wheel. I just I don't see any need to reinvent the wheel, right? It's just like find something that works. Uh, put your own spin on it, but you know, mm-hmm. use that as a rough starting point or a guide, or at least something to orient yourself. Yeah, well, and, and on some level, he's proven that there's a market for this. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. if you can avoid creating new markets for yourself, I, I consider that a a good choice. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and and you know, it's a bunch of the other people that I'm following now in, in the advisory. Uh, world have different different takes, um, mm-hmm. whether it be workshops or video courses or you know there's there's a lot of ways to do it. But mm-hmm. I'd say you know picking something 
Um, I really liked this model because it's face to face. I get mm -hmm. to come and actually shake a hand and, and like talk to somebody and, and see their expressions and, um, and in all honesty, they'll be a lot more candid with somebody who's not their boss, <laughs> right. uh, which I think allows me to provide a huge value to an agency owner. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's how I model it. I think there's probably a ton of other ways to model it too, but, um, yeah. it's been really positive, uh, for, from the way, uh, I've got it implemented, um, so far. Yeah, and you just kind of identified something else there that I think is very interesting, which is you looked for places where you'd have leverage, meaning without an, a massive, you know, excessive amount of work, you can identify things that the agency owner can't see or is out of touch with, right? Because mm -hmm. you're coming in as a third party, and that seems very smart to me. Yeah, so, I think any any insight you can provide uh, a, a business owner that they either already know, but they just need reinforced, uh -huh. or that they don't have access to, there's there's going to be huge value there. Yeah. So if you could go back in time a year and um, you know sort of convey a few lessons learned from this whole last year's worth of progress to yourself as of a year ago, what might you say that you think would kind of shortcut the learning curve or accelerate the progress for yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think the, 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 probably one of the biggest ones is like, don't be um, frozen it, don't, it, by, by choice. Uh, one of the first things that, that, you uh, did with me was send me that NAICS chart and you're like looking at all these businesses. I'm looking at all these businesses and all the places I could potentially, Oh yeah, I could provide value there. Oh, I've done some of that work before. Oh, you know, and just like, um, I think it's a good part of the process, but don't, don't allow it to just totally freeze you in your, in your, in your spot, mm -hmm. like pick something. And then, and then I think the next thing is like realize it's going to take, a lot of effort. Um, you know, I, I'd been doing development for, uh, 16 years at that point. Um, so, so to get to where, uh, I was, I am in development as a leader and as an advisor. Um, I expect that in 16 years, maybe I'll be the same caliber <laughs> of an advisor as I am, uh, what I'm a developer. So, um, it's going to take a lot of work. I mean, I think that's the thing. And so don't be afraid to put the work in once you commit. Um, I think that'll help speed yeah. things up. It's not going to just happen. Even if you, you know, it kind of goes back to that goal setting. Like it, goals are great, but you have to have um, action plan um, yeah. for how to get there. And, and frankly, I think action is, is work. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Henry Ford said opportunity often is, you know, wears wearing overalls and, looking a lot like work <laughs> or something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, the starting over wasn't like resetting your, you know, salary and earning levels back to what you made as a, as a new programmer. It was, um, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, is, is there something else about that that's interesting? It wasn't like a total reset, right? Right. And I think, I think a fair assessment, like most developers are not a fair assessment. A fair com a comparison might be like most developers have that dream of like building the SaaS product that mm -hmm. is going to allow them to break free from their, their salary job. And like, you know, almost everybody has a side project. And, and I think if you look at the people who bought the domain and actually built something, it was because they put the time in, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're still making your salary during the day, but it's going to take, it's going to take finding that extra hour every day or it's, you know, yeah. going to take, um, I don't know. I'm not a big advocate of like after hours work, but, right. but, but everybody's different. Yeah. Um, you know, it may take, it may take evenings of doing that other thing while you still do the thing that, um, um, makes you your money. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I agree. I mean, that's not like a 10 years of working a second job, but it is right. maybe uh, six months or even a year of kind of sprinting on 
building up the new thing. And it's, and it's cumulative. Mm -hmm. So when I was just writing emails to my mom on day one, um, <laughs> which she does still subscribe, even though she has no idea what I'm talking about. Well, was she uh, was she subscriber number one? Uh, yeah, she, she was, she got the text message, mom, I'm going to sign you up for my email oh, list. That's, that's adorable. <laughs> I'm so, so glad she didn't complain to the Canton spam authorities that you acted her in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you can unsubscribe. Like I will be, no, no, no. I want to see what you're up to. So, <laughs> that's um, so, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's always been super supportive, but, um, mm. you know, it, it, I, th I think where I was going with that was just like the, the, that, you know, it's like I'm talking in, into a megaphone. Is anybody listening? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and then you, and, and then one, one day you're like, I know who that is. That's like one of my peers. Cool. They signed up. Okay. Well, I can, I can write like, and know that somebody that understands what I'm talking about is reading this. And then like when one of like my peers signs up, like, you know, another, another uh, technical mm -hmm. advisor and you're like, mm -hmm. you know, the fear kicks in a little bit, but yep. You're like, wow, like somebody who I think writes great stuff wants to see what I have to say. So I think it's a cumulative thing. Like at yeah. first it's going to be like talking to a wall, but um, all this stuff compounds. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it starts, there starts to be a feedback cycle and there starts to be, um, it's easier to get energy behind it because it's, it feels like somebody cares. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm certain that at some point someone who needs your help is going to listen to this. So Garrett, where should they go to like find out more about how they could talk to you or hire you or, or at least inquire into what you're doing? Sure. So probably the best place to, to find, um, to find me is agencymistakes.com. Um, that's, uh, you can sign up for my free email course there, um, where I start to kind of talk about the, uh, the ideas I have that I see a lot of agencies um, making mistakes with. So um, that's a great place to get started. And um, I think that's probably the best bet. I'm at G St. John, G S T J O H N on Twitter. Um, I'd love to chat about anything anybody's working on. Garrett, thanks for taking the time to be here and talk about this journey. I, um, I know there's a lot of people who are going to be inspired, I think, and definitely um, sort of educated by how you've approached this. And I mean, a year maybe sounds like a long time, but it's actually a pretty fast, <laughs> in my experience, movement from, um, you know, just like you gave yourself a huge promotion and that you did that in a year. I mean, yeah, there was prep work. Uh, there was stuff leading up to it, but also it's a really impressive change. So again, thank you for sharing the story. Yeah. Thanks, Philip. I appreciate it.